Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello and welcome to all our West Australian football fans to another edition of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League, live from the Backchat Studios, whether you're watching on the Backchat YouTube channel or on any podcast service that is available. We've also got socials in operation, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Give us a big thumbs up, we really do appreciate it. We're hot off the heels of round 11 and we're here to review it all with you today. Paul Persick with you, along with a doyen of WA Football Media and it's glad to be joined in the studio by John Townsend. John, welcome along today. Thanks very much, Paul. Paul, it's a, a dream come true to come on a podcast with you. Fantastic stuff. Really appreciate it. What a weekend it has been in the world of waffle football. And one story that I really think we, everyone can agree on, East Perth, they have well and truly arrived. Yes, they have. It's the Foreign Legion, 14 imported players in their club. They've actually built from where they were as an aligned club a few years ago. They've built really strongly to where they are they, and they've got great balance, great midfield, uh, back lines emerging, got some forward line uh, options. They've lost Scott Jones, obviously, probably for the year with the with the broken leg. But uh, young Jed Edwards has come in, made a pretty good fist of it so far. They they look as though they're a, they're they're clearly one of the main contenders. They certainly this season. are. And Ross McQueen, he's gotten you know a lot out of those players this season. Well, he's won six flags already at Claremont at Colts and reserves level. He's a proven coach. He knows what what buttons to push to get players to perform well at the end of the year. Um, and he, he's been one of the, the best stories of the year, obviously. The, the impact that he's had, very very straightforward. No, no rocket science, I don't think, with Ross. It's very, know your job, do your job, prepare to do your job. He, he prepares well as a coach and his team's uh, flying at the moment. His attention to detail is just fantastic as a coach. Second place they are after 11 rounds of football. In just a little bit, we'll have Jarvis Pina from another improving club, Swan Districts. They had a big win over West Perth on Sunday. We'll also review all the games in round uh, 11 and also the Around the Waffle Player of the Year votes. By the way, all the games in round 12 this weekend are available live, free and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle. John Townsend alongside Paul Persick. Of course, Swan Districts, as we said, uh, John, just now, big win over the reigning premiers in Joondalup, and one of their key contributors has been a real big rising star. He's made a name for himself at Swan Districts this year, Jarvis Pina. He's good enough, uh, good enough to join us on the show. Jarvis, welcome along to Around the Waffle, mate. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Going well. Great to have you on the show. Uh, Jarvis, what a win it was over there at Joondalup. Often a hard place to win. Must have been a real big thrill to get the four points over there. Yeah, it was a big win. I've personally never won there before, so um, it's always a tough ask, as you said, going up to Joondalup and beating them up there, especially when they've got a bit of extra incentive with um, Blackie's 250th. So, yeah, no, it was massive. It meant a lot to us, and um, no, it was good. Jarvis, John Townsend here. Congratulations on your, on your game. It's the best game I've seen you play. Where, where do you rate it amongst the, the performances that you've uh, had over the last couple of years? Yeah, I just feel like... Um, I've just sort of been building the last few weeks. Um, yeah, it, I think I've, it, was a, it was a good game for me. Um, but yeah, I'm just trying to just trying to build off sort of last year, and um, I just want to sort of become the most consistent footballer I can. And um, no, that's a good step forward, and it's just been positive to sort of string some consistent footy together this year. You amassed another 30 uh, possessions in that game against uh, West Perth, but you've also been able to fit into what is an already well-established Swans back, uh, back line, and your responsibility, has it been raised up a little bit, especially since Brandon Urseg is out for likely the year with a foot injury? Yeah, yeah. We've had um, we've had a few boys go down 
down there. So um, I think I swung back in round five, around six maybe, and um, haven't really looked back since. It's a good back line to be with, obviously Noddy and um, the other like. So no, it's, it's, it's a good place to be and it's also good for me when I, I can run off and sort of create and know that um, they're going to sort of have my back and look after my man until I can get back onto him. So no, it's good. It's um, good having that trust as a back six. You had a lot of very tight losses in the first half of the season. You, you seem to have overcome that now. You're back in the winning circle. What's Andrew Pruin's message to you been as coach about those tight losses? Yeah, so it has been quite frustrating. Um, we obviously lost probably, I think it was 500 a goal. So um, I think it was just more that we don't really want to stand for that. Um, we just sort of worked out that um, late in games, we just sort of get a bit flustered and um, just start to panic a little bit. So it's just been at training, just going through some scenario modes and um, just knowing what to do when we get, whether we're down or whether we're up, um, just knowing how to overcome that and sort of tackle it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good, especially last quarter. I think it was um, quite a mature response from us. Um, how we were able to just sort of chip it around for five to ten minutes and um, to be honest, sort of didn't really give Westpath a chance to get the footy back. So um, no, there's, there's obviously some positive signs there, which um, it's been good. Now, you've got the bye this week, but then a big game on July 8th in round 13 against East Perth. You met back in round one and lost by a point. Are you expecting yep. a, another hard-fought contest against uh, rapidly improving Royals? Yeah, they're going well. They, are, they got a pretty good list. Um, their midfield is obviously up and firing, so, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a great game. It'll be good to have the bye to sort of refresh, but, um, yeah, we just want to keep challenging and keep rocking up because, as you said, I've, as, as everyone knows, it's a um, pretty tight comp and most teams can bet anyone of the day, so... Who knows? We can sort of jag a couple on the row. Um, it's anything. So, yeah, definitely we're, we're pumped up and ready to face them. What does your team do best, Jarvis? Um, I think that I think that when we can get the footy on the outside and when we can go, that's when we look at our best. We have um, some really good runners and speed on the outside. So when we do have the likes of um, Tony Knowles and Brendan Ursig down there marking it, so when, uh, when they can catch and we can sort of heel off and, and go from there and get the get the ball into fast fast sort of tempo. That's when we look the best. Um, but yeah, and, and obviously I think that across the board we have a pretty good like marking list. So um, it's good to have forwards that you know you can trust. And if you go to a contest or if you go down the line, they're usually going to give you a contest or market. So um, no, it's, it's probably the best side in terms of that um, aspect I've ever played in. Um, I think that's probably a they're probably our two major strengths, I think. Jarvis, great game from you and the Swans on Sunday. Really appreciate your time. Have a great week off and uh, all the best for the game against East Perth on the 8th of July. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Enjoy. That was Jarvis Pina from the Swan Districts Football Club. As you said, John, and you're absolutely spot on. Great game. He had one of his best of the season. He's just getting better. Yeah, and he's got pace, and that, that's a point of difference that Swans have got. They, they expose West Perth on, on Sunday with their pace. That was one of the, the real standouts, I, I thought, that they cut through the middle a fair bit. It was a pretty flat West Perth side. The, you sometimes wonder whether the emotion of you know of a celebration for a for a big player's milestone whether that, that sometimes overwhelms players. They certainly did look flat. They didn't look as though they were up for the game in in a lot of ways. But the Swans' pace was the thing that that really stood out. I think, and and that's going to give them a real weapon for the rest of the season. I'm not sure if they're going to make finals, but they can certainly be a destructor. I suppose as they 
you know, against the other sides that are competing for spots in the top five. We'll talk more about that in just a little bit when we review all the three games. Just a reminder, all games this weekend, round 12, we've got three this weekend, are live, free and in full on the AFL app. This is Around the Waffle. John Townsend alongside Paul Persick. Let's begin the round 11 action, TC, uh, JT. I'm just getting mixed up with my initials here. Uh, JT, on Saturday, of course, you were there calling the game on the AFL app. Claremont, no surprise, too good over the West Coast Eagles. Across the board, Claremont, they are looking the superior side this year. Oh, well, they, they came off the grand final last season. They've picked up a couple of former AFL players in Maybaum and, and Miles who've strengthened their back line. Uh, Jai Bolton, I think, is the best player in the competition. He's on track for a, for a third Sandover medal, potentially. And they haven't had Ben Edwards and, and Bailey Rogers, two state midfielders, and Rogers obviously a, another Sandover medalist. So they're, they're, they're a very solid side. They're, they're in the top of the ladder for a reason. They'll be there at the end of the year. They're a, a genuine contender to win the Premiership, their first in what will be 11 seasons. Uh, and they did the job against a, a pretty ordinary West Coast side. I mean, it was a very, it's very disappointing for what's happened in West Australian football with, the, with that West Coast side. Three listed players... Uh, there's a lot of players who are trying their, their best, but their best isn't at the level to, to impact against other sides. I think what we might see, though, and it, you know, from Claremont's point of view, it was fortunate that they played them early in the second round. I think as you see senior Eagles players coming back, their waffle side may well get better. And the 100-point losses may, may you know, convert into maybe 50 or 60 or whatever, which are going to have a significant impact on the on the percentage of those sides playing them in the last couple of months of the season. So anyway, that's something to play out as we go along. Disappointing where they're at, but Claremont are going along very nicely. Which of those players in particular, you mentioned there were a couple of players from the West Coast side that are playing some good footy, but not not at their best. Who, who are you thinking in particular uh, at the moment, some of the best, but just need a little bit more lift? Oh, well, they're just not good enough. I mean, they're, they're fringe, they're amateur players and reserves players. So they that. They're trying, they're doing whatever they can do, but the, the talent level doesn't allow them to, to compete. So, you know, you're looking at some of those top-up players who were playing amateur football a month ago. Uh, Tyler Moritz, for example, came out of the amateurs uh, about four or five weeks ago. So he, he's competing with, with uh, former AFL, or recently listed AFL players. So that's no knock on him as a, as a person or a, or, or a player, but he's just not at the level that, that you need to be competitive at waffle level, which is a, it's a very tight competition. It's a strong competition. Mm-hmm. The best thing that happens in the waffle is what happens between two and five o'clock on a Saturday afternoon when the footy is so good. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for West Coast, that because of their their situation with their player list, the the top ups aren't at the level that of the teams that they're playing against, and that's why they're getting beaten by an average of a hundred points a week. Well, on the other side of the coin, Claremont, they just continue to keep on rolling. And they had a debutante, uh, JT, in that game. In Max Mummy, he had uh, 12 possessions and also kicked his first league goal. Yes, his grandfather, Les, is a Claremont Premiership captain, 1964. And uh, their small forwards were very potent. Uh, Smallwood, Mainwaring, uh, DeLacy and uh, Max Mummy. And there's another one too, who they were all on the board uh, in the first 15 or 20 minutes of the game. So they... They went small. There was a you know rain expected. Didn't didn't have much rain, but it was a pretty uh, slippery uh, situation at Revo Fitness Stadium, former Claremont Oval. They went small in their forward line. They were awarded. They were, they were all in the game, uh, and Max Mummy was the fifth one to come in. 
kicked his first goal, had a great celebration and great for the family too to maintain that uh, that family link over three generations of players at the Tigers. Absolutely fantastic. Congratulations to Max on his debut. Uh, Talon DeLacy as well up forward. His impact is just getting better and better. Four goals from 11 kicks. I like the, I like the way he's going up forward. He's, he's the only player to, to kick consecutive goals in the last seven weeks in the waffle. He, uh, he's been one of the, the waffle stories of the year, hasn't he? Leading their goal kicking, 22 goals for the season. I think he's third on the in the chase for the Bernie Naylor. Got a couple of big forwards ahead of him, so he may not knock them off. But his emergence and his ability to convert what was a flashy sort of junior career into a very steady, solid, important and impressive uh, league career has been one of the reasons why Claremont are on top of the ladder. Hey, they've been fantastic everywhere up the ground. Speaking of fantastic up the ground, East Perth, what about them? 110-point winners over Perth. I was at this game on Sunday and they just didn't take their foot off the gas at any stage, East Perth. That's why they're in second place. Well, there's comp- uh, competition for positions within the side. You look at their midfield, you know, Shoemaker, Brayshaw, Croden, they had Scott Jones there, all, all state players, Um Highly talented players, driven players too. This is a club that's been, you know, that's had trauma for the last decade through its alignment and then coming out of the alignment, trying to get back onto the, you know, back being a competitive team. And so, you know, you can understand that there's a fair bit of emotion within the club and now it's starting to come out because this team is playing so well together. Their back line is solid. McCready's really added something to them. Um, Taylor North's been good. Tom North's been good. Uh, Corey Watts has been really good and you've got three of the best kicks in the competition in Wilcox, Wright and Masando. They're really doing a job uh, as rebounding defenders for uh, East Perth. And their forward line, which is quite young, but is very impressive as well. They're a well-balanced side, and they're going to give it a real shake this year. Yeah, they certainly are. East Perth, I mean, their intensity around the ball as well. And at the contest, they just didn't seem to simmer in that intensity around the ball, especially when you have the likes of Hamish Brayshaw, who had another great game as well, 38 touches and 10 marks. Kai Wilcox and Jacob Mazando, and you're spot on there, their rebound defending ability is really going to catch a lot of the top teams off guard later down the track. Yeah, well, they're, they're piercing kicks. They ca- they cover ground and then they, they hit their targets. And as we see, I mean, we're talking about, you know, Nick Dacos, one of the best players in, in Australian football at the moment. One of his standout features is his ability to pick the right target and hit that target. And these players are doing the same thing. Wright's perhaps the best kick in the competition. I know he says that Mitch Croden is the best kick in the competition. Masando's um, not far off as well. Their, their efficiency with the ball is, is one of their standouts and, and that's why they are where they are. And the efficiency was another worry for Perth on the other side of the coin. I mean, despite the efforts of uh, Charlie Thompson and Reagan Clark, they each amassed 20-plus possessions. And, you know, even though they charged back into that first quarter, they were only two goals behind, they just couldn't really get it going. And, you know, it, it is going to take time. They're under a new coach, and they've got a lot of new people involved uh, at the Perth Football Club. And for Perth, it was a, another disappointing showing, I'm afraid. Oh, well, when, if you get lose, lose by 20 goals, it's mm. very disappointing. I mean, they, they've had high expectations under Peter German, who's a dual premiership coach in the Waffle and he's been involved at AFL and VFL level as well. He, he's a credentialed coach who's building from, from rock bottom. Mm. Now we know that that's going to take time and it's going to be patchy. Their best this year has been very competitive. Uh, their worst has been uncompetitive and we saw that on the weekend for, for long periods. They've just got to stay the course. That, that's pretty simple mm. for as far as Perth go. They, they've made the call to appoint German for three years um, he's having a look at players at the moment. I'm sure they'll turn over more players and they look to recruit more uh, strategically, perhaps, to, to fill various holes. 
they got hurt when Jaden Hunter went. He only played a couple of games. He looked a, re a real standout figure for, for the Demons. He's got picked up in the draft and won't play again this year, so that's that's unfortunate. Um, they need to, some A-grade quality. That, that's one of their issues. They haven't got enough A-graders to really you know compete at the highest level, but that will come with time. Now, I reckon Charlie Thompson could be one of the, those that is going to build up to an A-quality play. I mean, coming over from Coburg in the VFL, 23 touches. He's been one of Perth's best all season thus far. Oh, he's, he's probably been their, their best player. He, he might win their fairest and best, the, the uh, Butcher medal. He, um, he just finds the footy. You need that. You need players who can find it, and then you need players who can create as well, back and, and in front. So, that, look, we know where they're at. They're coming back from a... You know, they've had years and decades of mediocrity. For them to get out of it, it's going to take time. But they've got the. I think they've got the building blocks to do it. You just need to to have patience and um, to stay the course with German leading the way. Let's go to the final game on the Sunday. Uh, JT over in Joondalup, Pentonet Stadium. West Perth hasn't been a happy hunting ground for them this season, and Swan District showed them how. Fifteen point winners, eleven six to eight nine. Does this put the Swans' season back on track? Well, they're not going to play finals because. Uh, too far out. They've, they've got to win every game from here on, and and I don't think they will because they play the top four. But what they have done is shown that they've got a direction for the future. So they've 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 come in with a new coach as well, same as Perth, Andrew Pru and the the coach there, are very strong on doing the basics right. Uh, get yourself fit, play your role, do do what's needed to be done. So it's a pretty basic sort of game plan. Um, I think they're too far back. They're seventh. They're, they're two games out and percentage out of the top five. So I'm not sure that they're going to. Well, I'm pretty confident they won't make finals. But what they can do is disrupt what other teams are doing, and show that they've got something for next year and beyond. You made a good point earlier. West Perth they they looked pretty flat all all afternoon. They didn't have the pace to counter what Swan Districts were able to uh, muster all throughout the day. Maybe it would have been the occasion of Aaron Black's two fiftieth game. Maybe it would have been uh, overwhelming. But also. Just their, their lack of desire at their home ground at the moment. Usually, you know, you have to win your games not just away but also at home to make the finals. That's, I believe, their fourth or fifth loss at home this season. Yeah, the Premiership hangover has left them with a massive headache. Oh, they yeah. haven't been able to get back on track at all. Mm. You know, they, they flattered a little bit early. They had the, the very big winner go over uh, West Coast, 169 points. But since then, a lot of those players who, who won the flag last year haven't haven't produced at the same level and maybe it's a matter of hunger maybe it's a matter of just a lack of focus I'm not too sure their personnel is not dissimilar to what they had last year Anton Hamp went out won, won the flag for a very good organiser in their forward line yeah. so they've lost his seniority but they haven't lost a lot in the way of personnel they had about 14 premiership players on yeah. Sunday and they, they were poor but it's been a poor year for them they'll, they'll reset obviously uh, I think they you know, they realise that this year is probably gone. They may not make finals, and if they did make finals, they're probably not going to challenge for the flag. Uh, there's a lot of, I guess, contentment at, at the club in some sense that they won last year, so they're, they're happy with that. Um, this is a lay year for them, I think they're starting to think, it, you know, not, which is not a great attitude, but it's a, a recognition that they went to the top of the mountain last year and aren't able to do it again this year. I think there's a lot of focus already turning to next season. Turn to 2024 maybe for West Perth. Uh, the problem is now they've got the bye and then they've got uh, East Fremantle at home as well who are ins inside the five and looking to get back in touch with the top three. Well, I think that in their next four games after their bye, they play uh, the top four except for Subiaco who they played last week. So, yeah, very tough challenge for them. Uh, they do play East Perth late in the season. That could well be... Last round. Their, well, the last round, that could be a, 
again that East Perth potentially competing for top spot. Uh, as I said, I don't think West Perth are going to make finals, but they may be up and about for that game to get over their arch enemy and have a have an impact on uh, on East Perth. So little things they'll be looking at. I'm sure they'll blood some more players. They had a couple of debutants on on Sunday. I'm sure they'll be looking at more young players to have a look at for next season. Um, yes, they came into the year with high expectations, haven't delivered. Uh, now it's time for next year. Let's go to the ladder after round 11. Claremont on top. In fact, uh, they're equal on 32 points with East Perth and Subiaco. The Royals with uh, second place on percentage. Then the Lions, Peel Thunder and East Fremantle. And then in the bottom half, it is West Perth, Swan District, South Fremantle, Perth and the West Coast Eagles. This is Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. All right, John, let's get into the votes. The player of the year for round 11. One vote, Hamish Brayshaw of East Perth. Just getting better this season. He's been one of East Perth's best in what is an AFL-calibre midfield. He just keeps trundling on, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he? He goes at the same pace from start to finish of the game and from the back pocket to the forward pocket. He, he just keeps delivering. He's been a very, very solid player for, for East Perth and for WA. Certainly too. has been, and deservedly uh, a great selection in the state team. Two votes goes to Braden Noble of Swan Districts. Mm-hmm. Great game he had uh, further up the ground. Uh, he was a valuable option for Swan Districts inside 53 goals from 15 kicks and really uh, caught the West Perth back line off guard. Oh, well, he, he kicked, I think, the first game and the last ga- uh, first goal and the last goal of the game, um, provided a target. Chris Jones had gone out with a hamstring, and he'd been moved into the back line the week earlier too. So uh, Noble had a big responsibility. He's been a very steady waffle player throughout his career. He's a bit understated. Uh, good to see he's being recognised for his effort. And another player that I reckon is just uh, climbing up the ranks is Tia Miles. He gets three votes from Claremont, 35 touches, 10 marks and six tackles as well. It's a great season he's having over there. Uh, he, he's one of their main distributors. He, pl- he plays that, that drop-off role at, at half-back or in the back pocket. He did it in the state game as well. Uh, played a handful of games at Hawthorne. Great history at the club too. His, his dad, Jeff, was a, a premiership player at Claremont after a, or between a, a solid VFL and AFL career. And uh, Taya Miles is, is having a very good impact for the club. Another great distributor in the WAFL is uh, Mitch Crowden. He gets the four votes as well. Uh, his steady ball use was fantastic. Also kicked three goals. And his versatility in midfield and up forward is uh, really paying off for East Perth. Well, Stan Wright says he's the best kick in the competition. And what he has got, he's got depth in his kicking. And he's also got the finesse to be that 30-metre kick inside 50 to find a target from from coming out of the midfield. He He's, a, he's another... Understated player in some way. Played as a, a small forward at Fremantle. I think he's now found his, his natural position as a, a ball-hunting mid. And there's no surprise that East Perth are flying because of uh, the impact that he's having. And now the Around the Waffle top gun of Round 11 from Swan Districts. In fact, it's the second time that he's got the plaudit this year. It's Jarvis Pina. I mean, we said earlier, he at the moment is one of the best in the competition this season. And it was his one of his best games. 30 possessions, 12 marks, and also five tackles as well. Like his distribution in midfield, fantastic in uh, that win over West Perth. Well, the most impressive thing I found watching the game was his willingness to work so far back into defence to provide support. And then get forward as well as you see with the with you know the great wingman that's that's their role they've got, they've got to play a sweeping role but they've also got to work deep back and forward to provide uh, outlets and, and options and support and he did that he's well deserving of it I thought he was comfortably best on ground he had a significant impact on their win and if he continues to go along like that 
Swan Districts are going to cause some pain for other clubs. Where does that leave the leaderboard after 11 rounds? Well, Jai Bolton still leads on 11 votes and two tied on 10. Zach Clark of Subiaco and Jarvis Pina now catapults into that top three on 10 votes as well. And rounding out the top six is Milan Murdoch of East Fremantle and also Tom North and Angus Schumacher of East Perth. And over 40 players, John, have polled in the votes as well. Now, as a uh, regular co-host, Taylor Cowper, always said, if you want to poll, you've got to be winning your games as well. That does it for today's edition of Around the Waffle. John, really Really appreciate your time. It's been great sitting in the chair with you, mate, and uh, all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you, Paul. As I said, it's a dream come true to come on you on with you on your podcast, and looking forward to seeing you at the Waffle, Paul. Thanks, mate, and uh, thanks to all our viewers and listeners for tuning in to today's episode of Around the Waffle, the official podcast of the West Australian Football League. We look forward to your company on Thursday when we preview a big round twelve. We'll see you then. Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore.